You are now listening to The Forefront Radio, where we discuss history, the Bible, the history of the Israelites, science, and other matters. Bring it out. The history of the blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans as it relates to the Bible. Who were you prior to slavery? Who were you prior to colonization? These answers and more can be seen and heard as you listen to The Forefront Radio. Cause they hate, 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 cause they
turning, flipping flip through scriptures, comfort I'm searching. Uh-huh. Things before time written for learning, learning. patiently waiting, salvation I'm searching. Babylon yeah. I'm burning, sinners converging, take yeah. away oppression like a dream turning. Better yeah. wake up, high time that you're learning. Black man coming like a blinker when you owe him. Fourth of July, Christmas is lies, Easter is lies, pagan surprise. Proof in the pudding, religion is doo doo, is worse than a voodoo, criminal Zulu. Better realize that Christ ain't white, all these lies gonna die, gonna die. For the laws that they despise, for his gum gonna die, gonna die. Trumped up charges, basking in barges, basking in robbers, 31 flavors and targets. Lamentations, we waiting in vain for a nation that got problems to solve them, absolve them. Washington guy, we on the rise, they in decline, on a recycle. They got the nerve to swear on the Bible? Right. Never trust, never trust, never trust. Just a system that will always be broken. They hate, cause they hate, cause they hate us. Yeah, they hate, cause they hate, cause they hate us. That's actually going to be the topic for today. Because since we went over the Bible and black history, we have ample proof that we are the people of the Bible. So now the question has to be asked, what does the Bible say about those people that call themselves Jewish? And um, that's what we'll go into today. All right. All right, so um, when you were on last and we were talking about Caucasian race, we were showing out of the Bible in Genesis that the Caucasian race derives from Esau or Edom. This is found in Genesis chapter 25, Genesis chapter 27, and Genesis 36. Uh, Jacob had two, I'm sorry, uh, Isaac had two sons, uh, Jacob and Esau. Okay. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Yes. Abraham, Isaac, Isaac had Jacob and Esau. Jacob is our forefather. That's who we come from. Okay. Jacob, his name was changed to Israel. Israel had 12 sons. Those 12 sons became the 12 patriarchs and the 12 tribes derived from them. So if you call yourself African-American, you would be from the tribe of Judah. If you call yourself West Indian, you know, Jamaican, Caribbean islands, you know, you would be considered uh, 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 the tribe of Benjamin. If you call yourself Haitian, you would be considered the tribe of Levi. Okay. So now the question remains, but what about those uh, Caucasian people that call themselves Jewish? Now, what I find interesting about the suffix ish, if you actually do a Google search on the suffix, the suffix ish, you'll find something interesting. 
and we'll uh, do a Google search right now on there. Okay, let me uh, pull it up on Google real quick and define ish like I ace s. Okay. Okay, so here's here's what Google says, right? It says to some extent to some extent. So the definition based on uh, Oxford's language, uh, uh, Oxford's languages definition ish is an informal term. It's an uh, adverb and it means to some extent. Okay. So, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, no, I was just saying I'm following along. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So, so when you say to some extent, that means sorta like, almost, pertaining to, you know, um, almost, but not really the the real deal. It's an approximation, kinda. Okay, and then in other definitions, they they classify it as having the qualities of or characteristics of, meaning they have the characteristics of something, but they're not that thing. Like it's blue-ish, meaning it's sort of blue, but it's not completely blue, or pink-ish. It's sort of pink, but it's not really pink or white-ish. It's sort of white, but it's really like an eggshell or 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 you get or like a beiges, you know. So when you hear the term ish, there's various uh, uh, definitions pertaining to ish. OK, so now in another context, you see that ish is used for nationalities. It can designate a nationality or religious or ethnic group. For example, sweet ish, sweet ish or British, okay? A lot of people don't know that a lot of the uh, uh, European races that take the name Ish, those uh, countries were originally inhabited by black populaces of Japhetic and Shemitic races, okay? Meaning what? Our ancestors used to live and reign in Europe during the period of time called the Dark Ages, meaning what? Black people ruled Europe during the Dark Ages, okay? That's why the term Anglo-Saxon comes from the, the phrase, the angelic sons of Isaac. The sons of Isaac are Jacob, which is Israel, okay? So now, over time, the Caucasians during their empire came in and subjugated our people and kicked them out of Europe, okay? That's how many of us returned to the continent of Africa, and many were exiled into South, uh, West, and other regions of uh, of Africa, okay? But going back to the, the term ish, um, the term ish can be formed as a nationality like the term Jewish. When you hear the word Jewish, that means they're sort of like a Jew. They have religious beliefs pertaining to Jews, but they're not the bloodline descendants. They're not, they're converts to the religion of Judaism. They have it in their own books, actually. Does that make sense? Yes, I'm following. 
Okay, so the last form of the definition of ish is uh, denoting an approximate age or time of the day. So one may say, uh, what time is it? And they'll say, well, it's six-ish or it's five-ish, meaning it's almost at that time. Okay, so those are the various classifications of the term ish. What we're going to focus on right now is pertaining to, meaning somewhat like to some extent, but not really the real deal. That's what we're going to focus on. All right. Uh, before I uh, go into it any further, do you have any questions on that so far? No, I'm following. Okay. Dorosco, do you have any uh, questions on that so far? Glad to see you back, and I am happily listening. Awesome, awesome. You know me. I'll interject or ask if I need to. Okay. But, um, yeah, I enjoy listening. Phenomenal. Alrighty. Okay, so the reason why I may sound far is because I set my phone down, and if y'all don't mind, I'm going to do like a brief recording of this, so that way um, I can make a radio show and discuss this matter further. Okay, great. All right. Sure. That's why I mentioned it. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you have, and on that note, you have my permission as well. But yeah, like I said, um, I would have never used it for that purpose. But um, it is a good idea, you know, and I'm sure that Forefront is 
uh, familiar with the legal ins and outs of such things. Right. Yeah, you have my permission as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for your consent. Um, so what we're going to look at is uh, the book of Revelation, specifically chapter 2, verse 9, and chapter 3 and verse 9. There's other texts of scripture that we'll go over as well. And I also have books that we can go over that uh, touches on this information. So it's, it's really awesome and phenomenal that you asked this question about who, what about the white people that call themselves Jews. So now we can touch on that, okay? All right, so um, I don't know if you have a Bible on hand or if you have a pen and paper, but it's good to kind of jot down these notes or kind of text it to yourself, um, kind of make like a bullet points of a few key things that you note. So that way on future occasions, if the question ever arises as to that uh, same thought process, you can go back and look at your notes. So I always recommend note-taking because um, it's a good way to keep track of information. I've actually have, uh, you know, at least like three or four composition books worth of notes based on me just over the years, um, watching different Bible studies from different people and different um, classes and educational seminars on the history of black people in the Bible, okay? Um, because black history is important and we normally don't get it from our schools and uh, governmental institutions. And sometimes many of our own relatives that may have lived for quite some time may not know intricate details of information. Um, and the sad thing about it to me is this, although we live in an information age where info is readily available on the internet, a lot of our people don't want to research they don't want to know neither do they consider that their history is in the bible they don't even consider it um actually let me touch on that briefly before we go into it um the first scripture that i'll tell you to write down is isaiah chapter 1 verse 3 this is a vision that isaiah the son of amos had and i want to kind of read uh, how the Most High described the nation of Israel and the way we are today in these last days. At the time of the uh, Assyrian and Babylonian captivity, even now to this day, it says this, Isaiah chapter one and verse three, the ox knows his owner and the ass his master's crib, but Israel does not know. My people does not consider. So when we look at this text of scripture, God is really literally pairing us as a nation of people to an ox and a donkey, an ox and a donkey. He said, he's saying basically that an ox knows his owner, meaning the ox knows his creator, meaning the ox knows who's in charge of his life, right? And then it says that as his master's crib, we don't know where our crib is. We don't know where our homeland is. You can ask five different so-called black people. Where are you from? They'll give you African-American. They'll say black. They'll say colored. Rarely will you get someone that's honest to say, I don't know. Watch what the watch what the scripture says. 
The ox knows his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know. You see that? So black people, Hispanic people, native indigenous people don't know. But the Bible says that we're called Israel. That's who we are. That's who we be. It's plainly in the Bible, but we have been uh, disseminated misinformation over the centuries. Okay. So that's a, a key text of scripture to look at to prove that blacks and Hispanics are the Israelites because they don't even know who they are. It says Israel does not know. Then it says my people doth not consider. So not only do we not know who we are as a race of people, we don't even consider. We don't even consider. It's not even a thought that comes to our mind that maybe we're the God's chosen people. Maybe the people in the Bible are us. So that's very interesting. All right. So now going into the topic of discussion about the Caucasians that call themselves Jewish. Revelation chapter two, verse nine states this. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. So Jesus Christ is speaking through John, the revelator, and he's saying to the real Hebrews of the Bible, I know thy works, meaning I know what you do, and I know your tribulation and poverty. Now, the people that call themselves Jewish, a, a vast majority of them, are they in poverty? No. Constantly, America sends billions upon billions of dollars to various Jewish organizations in the land of Israel and Palestine, to various uh, Jewish leagues. The so-called Jewish people have... Uh, a, a deep-seated control over the entertainment industry. They also have a deep-seated control over the banking systems, as well as uh, fine jewelry, diamonds, and other things of that nature. So God is saying to the real Hebrews of the Bible that I know your works and I know your tribulation. Whenever you hear tribulation, that's referring to great trials. What more greater trial a human being could go through than slavery, mass incarceration, Jim Crow, genocide, Holocaust? The so-called African Holocaust ranged not in the six million marker like the Jewish people, but in the hundred or so to 200 or so million category. So let's do a comparison. You have $6 versus $200. Which one is more significant? The $200, right? $200. Yes. Right. So if I go to the store and they tell me this item that I have is worth $6 and this other item that I have is $200, which one costs more? 
Correct. Exactly. So the amount of atrocities that happen to us as a nation of people would more than likely fit the categorization of great tribulation. So Jesus is talking to us. He says, I know thy works and tribulation and poverty. When you look at the vast majorities of peoples over the earth, what majority are in third world countries? What majority are in the ghettos and slums? Ghettos and slums in America, ghettos and slums in South America, in Mexico, in Canada, in uh, third world nations. Majority of them are black and brown people. So Christ knows who he's talking to when he's saying tribulation and poverty. Okay. Then he says, but thou art rich. So why are we rich? Let's find out. According to Romans chapter 9, it gives us an indication as to why we as a nation of people are rich according to God. Not according to man, but according to God. Watch this. Romans chapter 9 and verse 4. Who are Israelites? To whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants? and the giving of the law, and the service of God, and the promises, whose are the fathers, and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all, God bless forever, amen. So now we should rejoice when we read this, because now we're finding out that we are the children of promise. We are the children of the seed of Abraham that have been given the promises of God. The Israelites were given the adoption to be sons and daughters of the living God. The children of Israel have been given the glory, which is the kingdom of heaven itself. The children of Israel were given the covenants, both old and new covenant. The children of Israel were given the law. We were the ones on Mount Sinai with Moses receiving the Ten Commandments and the books of the law and the service of God. Our ancestors were the ones responsible to rule over the nations, and we specifically had our temple, which was for the Most High, dedicated to his service. When you look at black people, we're the most religious people on the planet and the promises. So the promises of God, the promises of the riches of the kingdom of heaven, the promise of eternal life was given to us, the children of Israel. That's what advantage we have over the other nations. So now going back to Revelation, let's read it again. Revelation chapter two and verse nine. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy, I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. So now this is a key text of scripture, okay? Because identity theft has occurred. I, I'll say it again. Identity theft 
has occurred. Jesus Christ himself said there are going to be a, a group of people walking on the earth claiming to be Jews, but are not. Now we have to ask the question. Since the Bible says that the lost tribes of Israel would forget their identity, who or what groups of people are calling themselves Jews today? Is it the Chinese? Is it the Japanese? Is it the Arabs? Is it the Africans? Is it the Australians? Is it the Americans? No. The only group of people that are calling themselves Jews are the Israelis that are in the land of Israel that was created in 1948. Prior to that, they lived in different parts of Europe, Poland, Hungary, Turkey, Istanbul, Danish, Swede, Italy. Okay, so now these groups of people are calling themselves Jewish. When we use the term ish, remember the definition, it means pertaining to, sort of like, somewhat, maybe, possibly. So now, there are two classifications of Jews currently known of the Caucasian race. You have the Ashkenazi Jews and you have the Sephardic Jews. The Sephardic Jews are from Spain. The Ashkenazi are Germanic in origin. Okay, so that's Germany, anywhere of European descent, okay? So now remember, earlier we said that all Caucasian races come from Esau, Edom. That is their forefather. That is who they are. Their forefather, the first white man born in the book of Genesis, came out red and hairy. That's Genesis 25, verse 25. If at any time I'm going too fast, please let me slow down because I want to make sure that things are understood. Does this make sense? It does because I do have some knowledge of, you know, um, biblical stories and history. So that's um, the only thing that I guess the only question that I had was um, Jacob, which is from, you said, um, that's from the tribe of Judah, correct? So Jacob is the father of Judah. So, yes. Jacob, who is Israel, is the father of um, Judah, the tribe of Judah? Correct. Okay, so my only confusion is, my only confusion is that how can Esau um, come from Jacob and be European, you know, if they're from the same supposed bloodline? Okay. Thank you for asking that question. The book of Genesis is back up to that scripture. Right. Yeah. The book of Genesis is the uh, beginning of all nations. Okay. When you look at our genetic material as a group of people, we have stronger genetic traits than Caucasians. Meaning what? Two black people can form a baby and that baby come out Caucasian or albino. Right. Two white people who have recessive traits cannot produce a black baby. So remember, Genesis is the beginning, the beginning of all nations. So we have to go to Genesis to find out when the first Caucasian came forth. 
this is what we were uh, discussing yesterday um, when the, the line sort of kind of dropped. So I'll read it briefly, and then we'll go back into what we were uh, talking about. Okay. All right. So this is going to answer your question. So write this down. Genesis chapter 25 and verse 21 to, to 28. But what we'll focus on is 26. I'm sorry, 25 and 26. Okay. All right. Actually, you know what? We'll just read the whole thing to get some sort of context. Okay. All right. Genesis chapter 25, verse 21. It says this. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. So, so Rebekah, our foremother, was pregnant. She was having twins. The kids in her belly were fighting each other. And she went to inquire by God, why are these kids fighting against each other? Okay. And God gives her the answer. Verse 23. And the Lord said unto her, two nations, two nations are in thy womb. So what he's saying to her is two races of men are going to are going to come forth from your body. And then he says, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. So this is a prophecy saying that two races of men are going to be brought forth through this woman. They're going to be two manner of people that shall be separate, separate, meaning what? They're fraternal twins, not identical twins. You can have babies that are born that look albino, almost Caucasian, and you have another child that's born that looks brown, black, okay? This happens all the time. As a matter of fact, there's a story in Africa where a lady had did this very same thing, brought forth two children. One came out albino, very red and hairy. The other child was black and smooth skinned. Okay. So now we're going to read further to give the description of what Esau looks like. The first Caucasian male. Verse 24. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. So she had two children, right? And the first, the first came out red, red all over like a hairy garment. And they called his name Esau. Okay, so Esau is Edom, according to Genesis chapter 36. Esau is the father of the Edomites. Esau is the forefather of the Caucasians because they are not white, they are various shades of red. To make it easy, in the South, we call them the term redneck, right? But it's not just their neck that turns red, am I correct? When they smile or laugh, their face gets red. When they're angry, their face gets red. When they're, uh, 
When they're upset, their face gets red. When they go out for a tan, their whole entire body gets tanned. So they are variations and shades of red from the very bright red, like an orangey red, like Donald Trump when he gets a tan, or the very pale, pale, pale red where their blood isn't showing through their skin where they almost look translucent and clear, which is the very pale, what we call white, right? So they're not white per se, just like we're not black, full black per se, we're variations of brown and they are variations of red. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, now does that answer your question? Absolutely. Awesome, did you write it down? All right. So if anyone ever asks you, okay, if you're so smart, tell me where white people come from. You could tell them, hey, it says right here in the Bible, Genesis 25, that the first Caucasian male was red and hairy. So let's touch on that for a brief moment. When you look at the Caucasian race and their phenotype, meaning like the characteristics of how they look, they're red, right? And hairy. If you keep a Gillette razor away from them, hair will produce everywhere. <laughs> you know, they're the original uh, Neanderthal or caveman, right? When you see a Geico commercial, the Geico commercial of the caveman shows a man that's red and hairy, okay? The reason why they call themselves Caucasians is because of that. They derive... Uh, from Jacob and Esau, and they moved up to living in uh, areas of the caves and mountains, which is why they still have those characteristics to today. That's why they love skyscrapers. They love hunting. They love uh, anything that has to do with the field or field work, because those are spiritual uh, attributes of their forefather. Okay, I'll give an example of, of the uh, hunting Okay, let's go to Genesis chapter 27. Okay, we'll start at verse 38. It says this. It says, And Esau said unto his father, Has thou what but one blessing, my father? Bless me even also of my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And Isaac, his father, answered and said unto him, Behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth, meaning wherever Caucasian people rule, they'll get the best places on the on the earth. Right. And then it says, and of the dew of heaven from above and verse 40 and by thy sword and by thy sword shall thou live. And thou shalt serve thy brother, and it shall come to pass, when thou shalt have the dominion, thou shalt break the yoke from off thy neck. So the blessing that the Caucasians have is the art of war. So reading up, this story in Genesis 27 talks about when, when Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. Uh, Isaac told Esau to go get uh, uh, venison, basically some meat to cook for him. And after he cooked the, the, the meat, he was going to bless him. So Jacob's mother, Rebecca, saw that and found that as an opportunity to give the blessing to, to, uh, to Jacob instead of Esau. 
So Jacob listened to his mother and get got advice from him, from her, and she told him to dress up as if she was Esau and talk in a different burly voice and basically trick his father who was going blind into thinking that he was Esau in order to get the blessing. Okay. So Jacob ended up getting the blessing where God told him, uh, where Isaac told him, and he came near and kissed him and smelled the smell of his raiment and blessed him and said, see, the smell of my son is as the smell of the field, which the Lord hath blessed. So he thought, Isaac thought that Jacob was Esau because he was blind. But Jacob was coated himself in goat's hair smelling like the field, which tells you what the characteristics of Caucasians is they smell like they're in the field. OK, and they also like to hunt. <laughs> they also like to hunt and they also like to be outdoors. They're they're the, the great outdoorsmen. They have different uh, uh, channels about them going out fishing, going out hunting. Um, going out. Uh, there's actually a, a channel called the Outdoor Channel. Um, they have sh shows such as Duck Dynasty, things of that nature. But you can't catch black people going out there doing these sort of things. Okay. So Esau is a man of the field and Jacob is more of a homebody. We're more so into agriculture and uh, uh, industrializing things. We're more so homebodies. Like if we could find an easy way to make an invention to make something work for us, we'll rather be at home than out in the field hunting and stuff. Not saying we won't do that, but primarily when you think of hunting and field work and camping and uh, different things that are outsides and outdoorsy, you kind of think more so towards Caucasians who are Esau, according to the Bible. Does this make sense so far? today more so like uh you know just as far as even animals livestock um that sort of thing you know we don't you don't really see us out there you know hunting lions in the same way you get what i mean just hunting them and killing them just for the sake of killing correct correct Exactly. So when we're reading these characteristics in the Bible, we always need to have a tendency to examine the different racial groups on the earth and examine who fits these characteristics. OK, so think about it. What well, what did we cover? They're red. And hairy. That's one key characteristic. Another key characteristic is they like to be in the field. They like to hunt. Another key characteristic is what we read in verse 40 of Genesis chapter 27, where it says, and by thy sword shall thy live. Meaning what? When you look at the Caucasian race, the way they obtain their lands and property is not through voting, is not through a collection of people deciding to share resources. They do it through war through bloodshed, through genocide. That's what they do. That's their characteristics. They are blessed with the art of war. Okay. From the time of the Greeks that we read earlier under Alexander the Greek to the time of the Romans, where they tried to conquer, to the uh, Holy Roman Empire, when they con converted to Christianity, 
our religion and started taking over our religion and 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 claiming it for themselves and pushing themselves as Jesus Christ to now to this day in America. America was established by Esau coming over here, seeing the indigenous populations, setting up treaties with them, breaking the treaties and slaughtering them, killing them. The Caribbean islands and the colonies therein were all established by Edomite powers going into these countries, pillaging, taking property, stealing, killing. They are blessed with the art of the sword. That's why the prophecy that our father gave them was true. It says, and by thy sword shalt thou live. But there's more. It says, and and shall serve thy brother, and it shall come to pass, when thou shalt have the dominion, that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. So there is a period of time when our ancestors under King David and King Solomon were able to keep them in check, okay, where they weren't able to go and pillage throughout the land. We kept them in their regions, enclosed in the area of Petra and south of Judah, where they lived in their regions. But over time, once our empire fell, they actually assisted some of the African nations, such as the Babylonians, to overthrow us. And in turn, they were able to gain a foothold and a stronghold into our holy land, as well as subduing the entire earth. Okay, so this is the facts of 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 history that we haven't examined from a biblical perspective. We know the secular perspective of the Greeks and Roman empires, but we don't know that these things were predictions already made in the Bible. We call it history. The Bible calls it prophecy. Does this make sense so far? Okay, I do have a question. Sure. Um, even though I don't... Okay, so... Um... It's as if Jacob stole Esau's birthright um, because um, the father, Isaac, was going to give the blessing to Esau. How does that m not make us um, thieves of the birthright of Esau? Um, to answer your question, I will go to what, Rec Re what Rebecca did, okay? All right, we'll go back and read that. So uh, jumping back to the beginning of the chapter, let's go to... All right, we'll go to the beginning of the chapter and we'll just read, okay? This will answer your question. This Genesis 27, that'll answer your question, okay? It says this, and it, can you hear me clearly? Uh, starting at verse one. Okay. okay. So it says, and it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his eldest son, and said unto him, my son. And he said unto him, behold, here I am. And he said, behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now, therefore, take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver and thy bow, and go out to the field and take me some venison. So 
our forefather sent Esau out, right, to go hunt, to get uh, uh, stuff from him out of the field, which goes to what we were talking about earlier, right? Now watch this, verse 5. And Rebekah, our mama, heard when Isaac spake to Esau, his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. Verse 6. And Rebekah, our mom, spake unto Jacob, her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau, thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord before his before my death. So Rebecca was listening to listening in on the conversation. Esau left and she came to our our father, right? Jacob and said to him, "Look, I heard your daddy and uh uh I heard your daddy and your brother talking. Your brother's going out to hunt for some venison and some good meat and your fa your father's going to bless him. So now find out what she's going to say to him." Verse 8. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flock and fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loves. And thou shalt bring it to thy father that he may eat and that he may bless thee before his death. So now Rebecca was the one that told him, look, I'm commanding you now. This is not a suggestion. This is my direct order as your mother to go out to the field, get two goats and set them up as good food for your father. So that way you can obtain the blessing. So now listen to what Jacob says. And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man and I am smooth. My father peradventure will feel me and I shall seem to him a deceiver and I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. So Jacob was resisting. Jacob was like, no, I don't I don't want to lie. I don't want to trick them because I'll end up getting cursed. I, I'm not hairy like this white brother over here. I'm a black man with smooth skin. So, so if I do this, my dad's going to curse me. And she said to him, verse 13, and his mother said unto him, upon me be thy curse, my son, only obey my voice and go fetch me them. And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother and his mother made savory meat and such that his father loved. Okay, so jumping over to verse 22, it says this, and Jacob went near unto Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are Esau hands. Why? Because he felt the, the goat hair that was on his body. And he was like, I know my son Esau is, is hairy. I can't see. I hear a voice that sounds like Jacob's voice. But when I feel him and touch him, uh, 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 he feels like Esau. Okay. So to answer your question, it wasn't Jacob's intention to deceive in the first place. The Bible says to honor your mother and father. So when he objected to his mother's statement, his mother gave him solid construction instruction and commandments to listen to what she told him to do. Okay. So I hope that answered your question. 
and just to make sure we have a, a, a clear distinction, there's two categories. One is the birthright, which is like the inheritance that you obtain from your father. And number two, the blessing, which is like a promise or prophecy related to you and your, your descendants. So those two things ended up going to Jacob. In the first instance, Wait, Jacob... Yes, birthright and blessing are two separate oh. categories. Okay, go yeah. ahead. Sorry, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, for example, your birthright is an inheritance that you obtain. Is It usually goes to the firstborn child, okay? So uh, that's why Esau originally was the one that had the birthright, okay? He sold his birthright, meaning the inheritance that he would obtain from his father, um, to Jacob, okay? So our forefather not only obtained the birthright, but also obtained the blessing, okay? And this and is proof. Yes. Wasn't it prophesied that he was going to have yes. anyway? It, it, was, okay. pro it okay. was prophesied okay. prior to it happening, but we're like reading through and going over the process of how that occurred. Okay. Okay, thanks for the distinction. Mm -hmm. um, um, and that can be proven in Genesis chapter 27, verse 41, where it says, And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. Okay, so Esau was upset because not only did he sow his birthright away, but now he also got his blessing now taken away from him. Okay, and that's what happens when you when you well, when you decide to reject I'm sorry. Uh, Genesis chapter twenty seven verse forty one. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So now this is also written of in the New Testament. Um, because Paul was a very smart person that knew the Bible up and down. And he talked about uh, Jake, the, the relationship between Jacob and Esau in the New Testament. Okay, because a lot of these stories still relate to today. Watch this. It says in, in Romans chapter 9, verse 13, as it is written, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. Okay. So God says he loves Jacob. Jacob was chosen to be the 12 tribes of Israel. And then he says, but I hate Esau. Esau were the tribal lineage of the Caucasian races. Esau was created to be the wicked of the earth. Jacob was created to be the godly of the earth. Okay. So it says in, in Hebrews chapter 12, Ah, here it is. Verse 16. It says, Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. Okay. For ye know that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. So this gives you the two classifications in that verse. You, you see, it says, lest there be a fornicator 
or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. Okay, so that's one category uh, classification. And then verse 17, for he knew, I'm sorry, for ye know how that afterwards, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. So that's number two. So you have the birthright and then the blessing. So Esau, the Caucasian race, was rejected from the promises and the blessings that our forefather gave. That's why when we read in Romans chapter nine about uh, the importance of us knowing that we're the Israelites is because we were the ones that were given the promises of, of, of God. We were the ones. Let me go back and read that again. Romans chapter nine, verse four. Who are Israelites to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises? So the promises is going into what? The blessings. Okay. Does that make sense? Awesome. Just just think of it like this. God bless you, sister. <laughs> That's it. God, God bless you. God bless me. God blessed our race. And we are chosen to be his people. That's the best way you could think about it. Like, it's, it's like, try not to like convolute it or make it co confusing. Cause like when you read the scriptures, it's really easily understood. Um, when you go precept upon precept, meaning line upon line, here a little, there a little. That's what we've been doing in this study. We've been reading in one section of scripture in the Old Testament and comparing it to the New Testament, okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's The reason why I'm just struggling right now is because, again, and it's my own fault because I have not been um, diligent in, in, in the last uh, few years in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. So although I have um, memory or some familiarity with the scriptures, it's not in my forefront right now. <laughs> right. Pun intended, huh? I was like, now you have it in your forefront. Uh, mm -hmm. Forefront. There you but go. <laughs> it, you know, it, it, it's filed away. So while we were talking, we went into uh, discussing how uh, two black parents can create a uh, Caucasian red child, right? And um, we also talked about how Jacob and Esau were fraternal and not identical. So what I decided to do is look up a modern situation where the same thing happened. And um, this is an article from the NewYorkPost.com. This article was posted uh, July the 21st, 2010 by Andy Solstice, I believe the name is. Black parents give birth to white baby. When Angela Igborough 
I apologize if I butchered that name, first saw her newborn daughter. She was speechless. She's a miracle baby, the 35-year-old said yesterday. But still, what on earth happened here? What happened is that baby Namachi is a blonde, blue-eyed, white baby. Remember, red, red, right? Interchangeable, white, red, right? Born to two black Nigerian immigrant parents at a London hospital. <laughs> I'm going to read it again. It says she's a miracle baby, the 35-year-old said yesterday. But still, what on earth happened here? So the mama like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I know I had sex with a black man, but this baby right here is sure enough ain't black. Right? So he says, what happened is that Namachi is a blonde, blue-eyed, white baby born to two black Nigerian immigrants' parents at a London hospital. So now, the reason why I pulled up that article... I'm sorry? Okay. I'm, I'm setting you all up as uh, moderators, so whoever... Uh, wants to join on and listen in or if they want to just listen at the bottom you know they can do so um so um yeah um because i won't be paying attention to the phone to to do that um yeah and that's it that's i, I guess that's all i want to pull from that article because we see that as uh evidence even now to this day that two so-called black people that are you know different shades of brown uh, that are of the children of Israel, okay, can produce a red baby, okay? So this is proof that the story of Jacob and Esau is a legitimate story because we have uh, a modern case of a, a, a black couple producing a so-called white baby, okay, with blonde hair and blue eyes. All right, so now... Going back to the original question, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 9, it says, I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. So now, look at this. We have now an imposter a convert to the religion of our ancestors that have now claimed to be us. They call themselves Jewish. They call themselves Israeli. Notice the difference. They will never call themselves an Israelite, meaning the bloodline descendant of Israel. They'll call themselves an Israeli, which is an inhabitant or a citizen of the landmass, okay? But you can't be Israel if you're not of the bloodline. Just like, for example, we're American citizens, but we're not direct bloodline relatives to the Italian navigator named Amerigas Vespucci. Okay. Are you are you all familiar with Americas Vespucci? Just to make sure we're all on the same page. Um, if you want to enlighten us, that would be great. Okay. I'm glad I asked. 
All right. So, Amerigus Vespucci. So, Amerigus Vespucci, according to vocabulary.com and as well as uh, Wikipedia, America Vespucci was an Italian merchant and explorer and navigator from the Republic of Florence, whose name the term America is derived. He became a Castilian citizen in 1505. So this man was born in 1445 and he died in 1512. He is known for demonstrating to Europeans that the New World was not Asia, but a previously unknown fourth continent. Okay. So remember, uh, the three parts of the earth was Europe, Asia, and Africa, right? Now, the fourth part of the earth is, is the New World, which is uh, 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 the Americas, Canada, uh, uh, the United States, Central America, uh, Mexico, and then South America. These regions were not known by the Edomites. Now, our ancestors during the time of King Solomon already knew about this place because we were here before, right? But the Europeans, the, the ones of Edomite descent, they did not know, okay? To them, it was a new discovery, but we already knew about this place. That's why you have... Uh, architecture, archaeology of black people and indigenous already living here. This goes into like the Olmec, the Olmec tribes, the Mayan tribes, the Mexicans, the, the Aztec tribes, the native indigenous Indians. These are all parts of the lost tribes of Israel that were here before the white man conquered them. Okay. All right. Now, so now we got the understanding that, that those that are in the land of Israel today that call themselves Jewish are not bloodline descendants, okay? So now I have a book that proves this point. I have a book that proves this point, and this book is called Chosen People from the Caucasus. This is provided by Michael Bradley, and the forward was by John Henrik Clark. And the subtitle, the subtitle is Jewish Origins, Delusions, Deceptions, and Historical Role in the Slave Trade, Genocide, and Cultural Colonization. Let me read it again. The title of the book is Chosen People from the Caucasus, and the subtitle is Jewish Origins, Delusions, Deceptions, and Historical Role in the Slave Trade, Genocide, and Cultural Colonization. So, in other words, white folks already know what's going on. It's us, us so-called black folks that don't know what's going on. Okay, they got books. They got, you know, if you want to hide something from a Negro, put it, put it in a book. <laughs> so when I open the page, look at here, look at here, look at here. When I open the page to page 197, bottom paragraph, here's what I find. Here's what I see. The essential point is this is that these quote, Ashkenazim, quote, the Jewry of Eastern Europe, 
and the prime victims of Hitler's Holocaust were descendants of Khazar tribespeople. They were converts. They were converts. They were converts to Judaism. They have no historical or genetic connection with the biblical Jews of Palestine at all. And this was known among themselves and among the more astute Jewish and non-Jewish historians and linguists from the time of at least 1700 AD. So hold on, wait a minute, hold the horses. Sometimes when we read something, we got to make sure we have reading comprehension. We're reading that this author is saying that the people that call themselves Jewish have no biblical ancestry to the ancient Jews or the ancient Israelites of Palestine at all. Not only does this author know it, but he's saying that the people that call themselves Jewish know it themselves. They already know that they're not the biblical Hebrews of the Bible. It says, and this was known among themselves and among the more astute Jewish and non-Jewish historians and linguists from at least 1700 AD. So you mean to tell me they made a place in 1948 for these people to gather, given billions of dollars to tell them that they're going to live in the land of Palestine, but they're not the original bloodline descendants of the people. Hmm. And it's already been known since 1700 AD. That's before America actually signed their constitution and created the Declaration of Independence in 1776. So they already knew that these European folks that called themselves Jewish was faking the funk. <laughs> Continuing, I, I yeah, sure. You know, you it does. You don't have to um, belabor it or anything like that. But I just find it like, how did we as a people allow our heritage in a sense to be stolen from us mm -hmm. and not have a memory of how we came to be like how did it get so diluted until in a sense almost like we became delusional like we we didn't know who we we don't know who we are you know i mean like how did that happen that goes I mean, to, to answer your question that goes back to the curses of deuteronomy Chapter 28, verse 15 right. through 68. The curses right. no, tell us. I, I, you gave us those references. I'm going to go back and just kind of, you know, reread and marinate on that. But it's just so sad mm -hmm. that um, it's just so sad. And I, I just, I don't, I don't, you know, it's just, it's a lot to take in. It's, mm -hmm. It really is. Right. So here's the verse. Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse uh, 28, it says, the Lord shall smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart 
and thou shalt grope at noonday as the blind gropeth in darkness, and thou shalt not prosper in thy ways, and thou shalt be only oppressed and spoiled evermore, and no man shall save thee. So think about it. When, when God says you're going to be smitten with madness, that means you ain't going to be able to think right. He says, and blindness, that means you're going to spiritually not be able to see. And astonishment, you're going to be shocked at the things that are going on in your mind. Meaning what? While we're going through slavery and oppression, our minds are basically, we're being created and reformatted and repackaged into niggas, into cattle. The, they come and they grab all groups of people, right? The elder, the younger, the middle-aged, the older generation starts dying off. And who's left? The children. Once the children are brought forth, they don't have their elders telling them, hey, you're a Hebrew. Hold on to your roots. You're black. According to the Bible, your, bio, your history. We didn't have that. Our elders were killed. Our kings and leaders and prominent men were killed over time, the only ones that was left were the children. And who was raising up the children? Good old white folks telling them, worship white Jesus, worship white God. You can't read your Bible. Listen to what I say. Go work out in the field over and over. And all you could do is focus on your job. The only thing that we had to hold on to was the Negro spirituals singing a song. And once we were able to learn to read and write, we started to regain our understanding. For example, Nat Turner. There are articles written about Nat Turner where it stated that he used the Bible as tools for resurrecting his people in revolution, meaning he read about the exodus of Moses coming out of Egypt, out of captivity, and he was able to relate to it on a spiritual level because he came to the realization that he was in the book. There were uh, people that literally called Nat Turner the prophet. And where are prophets found? In the Bible. All right. So that's to answer your question. Deuteronomy 28, verse 28 and 29 shows us how we had the psychological breakdown to forget our identity. Thank you. You're welcome. So now going back to the book, um, it's called Chosen People from the Caucasus, page 198, uh, second paragraph. Actually, no, uh, the first paragraph going on. Uh, actually, let me read it from the top so you can re remember the point. It says, uh, they have no historical or genetic connection with the biblical Jews of Palestine at all. And this was known among themselves and among the more astute Jewish and non-Jewish historians and linguists from at least 17 A.D., it is a well-known, if disguised and ignored fact of Jewish life from 1850 and onward, okay? 1850 is significant because that was the term, that was the time period where emancipation was happening and we were being set free and they coined the phrase Middle East for the landmass that we know of as Northeast Africa. The land of Israel is not Middle East. OK, there's no middle west. There's no middle south. There's no middle north. 
There's only Near East to Africa and Far East to Africa. So the area that we call the Middle East is actually Northeast Africa. During the 1850s is when they coined that term Middle East to cause confusion. Because then whenever you talk to a person and you say, hey, look, the people that's in the Bible, they live in the continent of Africa. They'll tell you, no, Jesus wasn't black. He's Middle Eastern. That's the that's that Jedi mind trick. OK, you can do a Google search on the term Middle East and you'll find that it came out around the 19, the 1850s, right when we were coming out of slavery, which tells me they did that intentionally, intentionally. So reading on in the book, it says this. Most of what we quote Gentiles in North America consider to be Jewish and most of what even the Ashkenazim immigrants into North America consider to be Jewish is not Jewish at all, is not Jewish at all, is not Jewish at all. The Hasidic locks, the skull cap or yarmulke. The rabbis fur trimmed hats and caftans. None of that is Jewish, meaning it ain't in the Bible. You can't find yarmulkes in the Bible. You can't find fur trimmed hats in the Bible or caftans. These are non-Jewish, meaning not Hebraic. Next portion, it says, not in the sense that it originated from the people of Abraham in ancient Palestine. It is all Khazar. It reflects traditions of steepy people, tribes, tribesmen who never had anything to do with the biblical Hebrews or Judaism. Now, we just got an extra biblical source that proves Revelation chapter 2, verse 9. Now we're going to read Revelation chapter 3 verse 9, it says this, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon the whole world to try them that dwell upon the earth. So Jesus himself, the black Messiah said, I know these folks that that really operate out of Satan. I know these folks that do lie. Who's walking around calling themselves Jews, but they're lying. It ain't black folks because black folks don't even know who they are. Only one particular group on the planet is claiming Jewish ancestry when the Bible says they're lying. The Bible says, not, Af not uh, uh, Afiel, the forefront, but the Bible. The Bible says, behold, I will make them. That's not one singular person. That's not two people. That's a whole group. That's an entire ethnic class. I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews 
meaning what? They're claiming to be from the tribe of Judah. Now, remember what we read yesterday in Jeremiah chapter 14 and verse 2 about the description of the tribe of Judah. Let's read it. Judah mourneth and the gates thereof languish. They are black. They are black. They are black unto the ground. And the cry of Jerusalem is gone up. So now when I read this Bible verse, because we're reading directly out of the Bible, and the Bible tells me that the Jews or the tribe of Judah are black, just like the soil, just like the earth, then I can naturally conclude that the people that are calling themselves Ashkenazi Jews or Sephardic Jews are lying. They have converted to the religion of Judaism, meaning that the the practices, the rites, the uh, religious festivals of our ancestors, okay? If they want to do that, fine. But don't claim ancestry to our forefathers when clearly it says that the tribe of Judah are black. Does anyone have questions so far? Okay, wait a minute. Hold on. I do have a question. Sure. Um, so does that mean when the Bible says even the very elite or the elect shall be deceived, is, is that us? Yeah. I mean, ding, 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 ding. Ooh, you kicking with oil, sister. Yes. You are cooking with oil. Yes. Let's Let's actually read that. And then we'll look at the verse that mentions the elect. One moment while I find that. Uh, voila, here it is. It says in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 22, and except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So now write this down. Who are the elect of the Bible? Isaiah 45 verse 4. Elect means chosen. Elect means picked. When you have an election, you choose a particular person, candidate, or group. When you nominate, that's the same thing as elect. You chose Okay, so now who did God choose? Who did God nominate? Who did God elect? Isaiah chapter 45, verse 4. And Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, mine elect. For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, mine elect. So according to the Bible... The Israelites, Blacks, Natives, Americans, and indigenous populations and Latinos are his elect. God chose us. Reading it again. For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, mine elect, I have even called thee by thy name. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. You see that? God says, look, I'm giving you your name. You're not Johnson, you're not Pickens, you're not Brown, you're not Jenkins. Your name is Israel. 
That's your surname, your last name. You're not your slave master. You're not Washington. You're not Jefferson. You're Israel. That's who God calls you. Though thou hast not known me. He says, y'all, y'all ain't even know me. I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. Okay, so God right here says, look, I'm the one that established you. I'm the one that created you to be saved. I'm the one that created you to be the godly of the earth. For example, when you read John 3, 16, where it says, for God so loved the world. Loved is a past tense term. Who means the world to God? Because we get confused when we hear the word world. We think the, the word world means everybody. Mm -mm. You have the sports world. You have the animal world. You have the love world. You have the TV world. Worlds, the word world means different classifications of being. So who did God love in the past? You have an entire Old Testament full of books that tells us who God's love, who God loves and loved. I'll give an example. If you're married to a man or you're dealing with a man that you really care about, you say, baby, you mean the world to me. Now, does that mean that you love every man on the planet? Yeah. So now using our critical thinking skills, we're saying, hold up, wait a minute. I've been tricked under this modern religion because they told me that for God to love the world mean everybody. But Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, who was a Jew, in the context of the Hebrews, our ancestors. So watch this. Remember, we just said that Christ, God himself, chose or elected Israel chose Israel. There's more. Verse 17 out of the very same chapter. Write this down. Isaiah chapter 45 verse 17. Isaiah chapter 45 verse 17. It says this, but Israel shall be saved in the Lord with an everlasting salvation. He shall not be ashamed nor confounded World without end. World without end. So the Lord is saying to us, you black folk, you Hispanic folk, you people that went through oppression and colonization, you mean the world to me. And guess what? I'm going to save you. And guess what? I'm going to give you everlasting salvation. Meaning what? I'm going to give you eternal life. What are we reading? The Bible. But Israel shall be saved in the Lord with an everlasting salvation. Ye shall not be ashamed nor confounded world, world, world without end. So now let's read John 3.16. And now we have a proper understanding of what that means. 
when it says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not, ha shall not perish, but have eternal life. So now I read back in Isaiah that it says that the world is Israel. Israel means the world to him. Now watch this. Verse 19 of John 3.16 says, And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. The light is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came into the world. Jesus Christ came into the nation of Israel and presented himself before the, the Hebrews, our ancestors, and showed him love and appreciation of God's commandments, how to correctly apply God's commandments. But our ancestors rejected that. And he said, because you reject what I'm saying, guess what's going to happen? Jerusalem is going to be destroyed by the Romans. And you're going to go into captivity into all nations. Now, the question one may ask to me is prove it. I'll ask you guys to ask me that question. Prove it. The question is that Jesus said that we would go into slavery. The question that you should ask is prove it. Well, um, we did go into slavery. Exactly. But we read it in the Old Testament, right? Because many could say, oh, that's just the Old Testament. What about the New Testament? Did Jesus say that black people were going to go into slavery? All right, so now the question is, what scripture can we go to to find that? We're, write this down. Write this down. You ready? Yes. Luke chapter 21, verse 20 to 24. 24 is the main point, so I'll read 24 first, and then I'll jump up to verse 20, okay? Watch this. So Jesus Christ, referring to our ancestors, talked about how the Romans would come into Jerusalem with their armies and military. And if we were, were to see these military forces coming against us to lay siege, that we would flee into the mountains of Africa, that we should run away out of the land of Judea, into Egypt, into far west Africa, into South Africa, into Ethiopian, Ethiopia, and the other surrounding cities. He told us that those days would be the days of vengeance where our people were going to be assaulted by the Romans. And while they were uh, uh, being assaulted by the Romans, that the Romans would take over our holy land. Now, we all know that Romans are white people. There are certain instances of us being Roman citizens, just like in the case of us being American citizens, but we are not descended from Caucasians. 
So now he's going to tell us that if you are in the city, leave out of the city. If you're in the country, flee further away. Don't come into the cities because we're going to die by war and we are going to be put into captivity and slavery and brought into all nations of the earth. Now watch this. I'm going to read the exact verse that says that. Verse uh, Luke chapter 21 and verse 24. And they, referring to the Hebrews, shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations, all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So we're reading the exact verse that tells us that the ancient Hebrews, our ancestors would fall through war. We would fall by the edge of the sword. Who had the promise and gift of the power of the sword? Edom. Edom. Edom is Esau. Esau is the forefather of the Greeks and Romans. Esau was the Gentiles that Jesus was referring to. And the real Jews, the Hebrews, the Blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans, and indigenous populations, were led away captive. The word captives means captivity, which means slavery into all nations and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So currently right now, we have two Gentile races in our land. You have the Europeans that call themselves Jewish, sort of like a Jew, but not really. Then you have the Arabs that descend from Ishmael. Those are Gentiles that live in Jerusalem. Those are Gentiles that live in Palestine, in the land of Israel. The Bible is a true book. The Bible is a true book. We're literally reading what Jesus said would happen, and it happened, which tells me this is going to increase my faith in the Bible, because we call it history, and the Bible calls it prophecy. Does anyone have any questions so far? I'm just blown away. I really am. I mean, this is, I'm just blown away, in a good way. <laughs> All praises to the Most High. So, what did we discuss today? We discussed that um, when uh, we answered the question, who are the Caucasian people that call themselves Jews? We uh, found in Revelation that there were a group of uh, people that call themselves Jews but are not. We also found a uh, text of scripture that uh, described Jacob and Esau and the description of the Caucasian race as red and hairy. We found out that uh, the genetic material of two black people can create a red baby. We also found articles to prove that very point. 
And then when it came to the actual Jews, we found a historical book called Chosen People from the Caucasus that talks about the Jewish origin, the delusions, the deceptions, and the historical role in the slave trade, genocide, and, and cultural colonization. And in this book, we found out that the people that call themselves Jews have no genetic connection with the biblical Hebrews of Palestine at all. And even they, in fact, in their religious circles and in their astute Jewish historians know that for themselves since the 1700s. And that these Gentiles that call themselves Jewish have no biblical or Jewish ancestry at all, nor do some of the traditions that they hold, such as side locks, uh, skull caps, yarmulkes, furry hats, caftans, which are the, um, I believe those dark coats that they wear, are not in the Bible, are not Jewish. And that in fact, it, it's nonsensical because it doesn't originate from the uh, people of Abraham in ancient Palestine, that they in fact converted to Judaism during the time of the Khazars, which is around 700 to 800 AD. Now, I wanted to give a definition to Khazar because I mentioned it earlier, but many of us may not know what exactly that is. So we're going to do a Google search on Khazar. So define. Yes. K-H-A-Z-A-R. Okay. So uh, the definition according to Google is Khazar, a member of a Turkic people who occupied a large part of southern Russia from the 6th to the 11th century and who converted to Judaism in the 8th century. You see that? Direct definition. Direct definition. It says, let me read it again. A member of Turkic people, okay, who occupied a large part of southern Russia from the 6th to the 11th centuries and who converted converted to Judaism in the 8th century. This is directly from uh, a Google definition and is provided by Oxford Languages uh, Definitions, okay? All right, so... I appreciate you guys listening in. Uh, I'm the forefront. Um, thank you so much for participating in this discussion. Um, I hope we thoroughly answered the question that was uh, posed earlier. And um, uh, that's it for now. That's all I have. I have more, but I didn't want to make it too long. So. <laughs> If I war time, if I war, meditate there upon my mind, to there. Hans press boot of his shine, shine up on terrible in a war time. War time. Dream team, well, well, if I war, then it is roll deep, round 12, noon, pull up, then lock down street, hit spot, jump out, and it for two Jeep, and we match black pants and boots, pump feet, let me reach for the buck, pull out the heat, when I spray with the weapon, and I listen to my teeth in a war time, we know two trees like girl, we know tech tough, chat, boot, reach, boy, teeth, I'm a part. Man, I know about mercy. Cause
Got some more up on the damn concrete day All I shot that boy, me no skin teeth Every nose so me grim, I'm come and sip it Reap blood, reach to the regal Be a swallow can you whip on the siren Or come and set the palm of feet Man a victory dance, cause the boy them get the feet Last man standing, so the mission complete You see, it's a hard time Meditate up on my mind Hands press both of his shine Man terrible, in a war time Dream team, in a war time For what? Meditate tear up on my mind Pants breast boot of his shine Man terrible in a white time Dream team Really warriors, power for the truth You know so say them a name come through Holy wisdom when them have is just a wisdom too You forget the W, you just is dumb fool You just attack, you know make sense I password, circle the men's Off with the tabernacle wall That means everything getting intense In a while we have lost half When we start fast Every dog we have bark half Half the dogs off Hold up the animation Then before him don't talk Then we pull it in his face And make it fly to him out In a while we have lost half When we start fast Every dog we have bark half Half the dogs off Hold up the animation Then before him don't talk Then we pull it in his face And make it fly to him out For what time? For what? Meditate there upon my mind Hands press both of his shine Man terrible in a war time Dream team in a war time For what? Meditate tear up on my mind Hands press both of his shine Man terrible in a war time Dream team Say them a gun like the real bad man Now them not know about the real gun man Got a kill man from 19 all long Wallard me as of him had the dung a gun So that go swing from the left and from the right Then I drop and I dead like fly Blood fall like rain from sky Outside judgment, who won't try? Rapids can't dead, my blood not shed Got dead, they said, strong fate, can't fret One's curse, no bless, just soldiers on vets Cast that squad, bet he don't play dead Yeah, the general full of war tactics Golden sword, them not come plastic Meditate, Pantera, man, it fantastic Man flex in a war like gymnastics It's a war time, a war Meditate, tear up on my mind, tear Hands press both of his shine Man terrible in a war time Dream team in a war time For what? Meditate tear up on my mind Hands press both of his shine Man terrible in a war time Dream team Man ready long time Pretty war me walk up Like a black me circle them up Every bone in a them body the saints a break up Like Samson keep up and eat them pile up From a war this a action place Two heads sword boy life get waste Body stand stiff when marrow misplaced Man up for the killing me no have time to waste No chasing shot to them face like liquor like Cersei Everybody knows me bitter Saints a go eat them food like Snickers Rather iron, break them to shivers Energy, me no beg my friend Food for you, let them life a go in They read the iron and a design feeding From a war time, me no bluff not pretend For a war time, for what? Meditate tear up on my mind Hands press both of his shine Man terrible, in a war time Dream team, in a war time For what? Meditate tear up on my mind Hands press both of his shine Man terrible, in a war time Dream team Thank you for listening to the Forefront Radio. We now have a cash app. The link is in the description of the page here on anchor.fm. 
also on Spotify. We appreciate you listening in. We do have a few features that we are including now. We are selling a few products such as watches, perfumes, colognes, and other uh, products will be available for our Israelite community as well as the general community of the population. We have a Facebook page. Just type in the Forefront Media and you'll be able to get updates of uh, various shows that we drop when they do drop. Um, Please do share this show if you like the show and we do hope that you do love this show and uh, tune in for more uh, episodes once we have them available. Thank you for listening to The Forefront. I'm your host, Afiel Levi Israel.